Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 36. I'm Mo, I'm here with Luke and Elle. How are you doing, guys? Good. Hot. Good. Hot. Hot. It's, um, it's 22 today. It is 22. What the fuck's going on? I thought it was Halloween. Like the never-ending summer of life that is 2018. <laughs> so, I don't know what that meant. So deep. That sounded deeper in my head. Uh, Luke, you've been up to something very cool this week that is recently dropped on the good website of metalhammer.com. What the hell have you been doing? I literally don't know what you're referring to. The Tom Morello podcast. The Tom Morello podcast is at the top of the running order. You sorry, wrote. Sorry, th- sorry, you said this week. Yeah, it was last week, guys. But uh, yes. oh, was it? My mistake. I've been on holiday. I've been on holiday. But um, yeah, I had a lovely little interview with um, Tom Morello from you know, Rage, Audio Slave, Puppets of Rage, and a million other things. Bruce Springsteen's band. Sure. And yeah, a nice little chat about politics, punk, killing in the name. His new album, which is out on Friday, and is bonkers. Have you heard it yet? I've heard bits of it. Um, it is quite bonkers. So I haven't really wrapped my head around it yet. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I've listened to it once or twice, but yeah, it's mad. And yeah, we get into that and how he wants to do a live show like Roger Waters. And Absolutely. yeah, it's gonna be. It's a lovely little listen. That is not all that's out this week because the brand new issue of Metal Hammer magazine, <coughs> excuse me, has just dropped now. And uh, I know we, you always think like a you know an issue of Metal Hammer is. It's like a baby that you kind of just had. Uh, <laughs> I often think of it like that. Yeah. Well, you do, you know, it's stuff we put a lot into every month. This month is something particularly different and particularly cool, and we're very stoked on it. We got Rob Zombie to guest edit the horror issue. For the first time ever, we have done a horror-themed issue of Metal Hammer, and as well as a massive exclusive interview with Rob Zombie himself. We talk about his career, his ridiculous life, and uh, some very special projects he's got coming up, including a new film and a new album, which will be due out quite soon. We also have a host of horror and metal legends flooding the magazine. We have the likes of uh, Kirk Hammett of Metallica giving us an exclusive guide to the horror movies you need to know about, but probably don't. Uh, Kirk's a massive horror nerd, which you probably already knew. Yes. He loves banging on about the old Hammer Horrors. I'm going to watch all of them. You should, because it's not. he's talked about the Hammer Horrors before. We know he likes Bright Frankenstein, he likes Dracula and all the rest of it. But we got him to pick out the horror movies that you don't know about and you need to know about. So it's a special feature with him on that. We talked to Alice Cooper about the song that changed and saved his career and was written around uh, Friday 13 slasher Jason Voorhees. Speaking of Jason Voorhees... <laughs> That's the most seamless segue ever. Oh, nice. Jason Voorhees is in the magazine. Uh, Kane Hodder himself is interviewed by Wednesday 13. It's a part of special uh, head-to-heads we've done across the mag. We've also got Danny Filth talking to Pinhead, aka Doug Bradley. We've got Perturbator talking to John fucking Carpenter. The master of horror himself is in the magazine. Um, we also have an exclusive interview with Nicolas Cage <laughs> in the new issue of Metal Hammer. Yes. He's got an absolutely uh, nuts new horror film out called Mandy. But beyond that, he's also something of a metal connoisseur. Did you know that? I did not. Well, his, well okay. <laughs> where can I find out more, man? You can find out in the newest issue of Metal Hammer. You can find out why he's BFS with Rob Zombie, uh, why he channeled Dave Mustaine in his new aforementioned horror movie, Mandy. I didn't make that up. He actually said that himself. <laughs> uh, and how his son is in, or has been in a number of black metal bands, which means we've got Nicolas Cage giving us a kind of philosoph- philosophical dissection of Demi Borgir. It's, it's as nuts as it sounds. That's amazing. Uh, we've also got Ghost are in the new issue, Opeth in the new issue, uh, Ice Nine Kills are in the new issue. They're a cool young band with a super horror theme new album coming out as well. Goblin, iconic horror composers and uh, very metal as fuck lads. Uh, <laughs> Bloodbath uh, is absolutely stacked. Uh, there's a free CD with it as well. It's one of the coolest issues we've ever done. If you like metal, if you like horror, if you want to get in the mood for Halloween because it is the season to be spooky, 
you need this issue in your life. I don't think Goblin have ever been called lads before. Well, <laughs> we're all about first here at Metal Hammer magazine. Um, if you want more info or to order it online, get to metalhammer.com or go pick it up in shops. This is out on Thursday, isn't it? So it's out right now. Woo! Go get it. Get in the mood for Halloween. What else has been going on? Bloodstock. I've been away. Well, Update Bloods, me. Bloodstocks has, Bloodstock has announced six bands. Six new bands. Outstanding. Do you know who they are? You've been away. Uh, I have seen, yes, but just in case our wonderful listeners don't. Well, you've got Cradle of Filth, Children of Bowden, Soil Work, Hypocrisy, D. Snyder, and Queen's Rank. Soil Work! Yeah, soil work. love a bit of Soil Work. This is this coming together quite nicely, isn't it? Yeah, I'm quite stoked on it. I mean... Looking like a bit of a Bloodstock greatest hits, isn't it, at the moment? Like, lots of bands that have uh, done very well at Bloodstock in years gone by. Yeah, I'm a, I used to be a massive Children of Bowden fan as well. Like, Are You Dead? Yeah, I fucking love that album when it came out. Yeah, they're out. great um, And yeah, Cradle always, you know, a lot of fun live. I've not seen Dee Snyder's solo stuff. I, but obviously, when we all saw Twisted Sister headline, and it was the best. Um, that was great, yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping this will be another fun old time. I don't know much about hypocrisy, I must say. I'd go and see Soil Work six times. Is that an option? Mm. Uh, if you had a time machine, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, Hypocrisy Hall, Peter Tuckerins, I'm sure I've just announced his surname totally wrong, kind of semi industrialised metal veterans. Um, which Queensryche is it? Isn't there a couple now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, Good. all I've written down is Queensryche, so. Good. Well, know. one of them, one of them are doing the rounds. Um, Slipknot have been up to stuff recently. What the fuck's going on with them? Uh, yeah, Clown has been uh, has been interviewed uh, in, by I think it's the American radio station, basically saying that um, the quote is saying we're celebrating 20 years of the first album, and we thought it'd be cool to make some art on many different levels for the planet. Uh, we've been gone long enough, and I think it's time people understand what's really happening. So we're putting together a little something for the 20th anniversary. I can't go into into it too much, but every luxury has a price. So for those who make the journey, I guess those who are the ones who understand. Mm. Nice, pr- so nice critic, yeah. He loves it, doesn't he? Loves hyping up the drums. Well, they put a thing on their Instagram like was it last week, week before, like a roll call saying if you want to get involved in the, a video project, then email this. I think the email was something like slipknot20th at gmail.com or something like that. So I think they do. It looks like there's going to be a, a video component to whatever it is they're planning at least. Did you email Malik? I did not email, no, because you have to be living in LA. Oh. Um, well, so do you want to make yes, an effort for Slipknot? Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Move. You're not really a real <laughs> fan, are you? I know, I'm only, only fans live in LA. But it's, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't care what I'm doing, I'll like it. Whatever it is, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Awesome. Are you a fan of the first album? I'm sure we've talked about this a million times. Yes, as one of the greatest debut albums of all time. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Still think it's, uh, well, it's definitely my favourite Slipknot album, but hmm. so there. Well, why didn't you email them? Uh, I was on holiday. Yeah, it's an excuse <laughs> for everything, mate. <laughs> What's going? What else is going on? What's all this hoo-ha about the Rock and Roll? Well, yet again, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, same the, old question every same year. Same thing every year. Does anyone care? I don't know. I think I that's think, the question, isn't it? I think bands do. I think I think certain bands do care that they've been acknowledged by this year. Legacy, you know, like behemoth of thing, this organisation. But again, you know, metal gets overlooked and blah blah blah. blah. It always gets overlooked. But Rage have been nominated, which I think is quite cool. So, so from what you, you from my notes, 
Rage Against the Machine have been nominated, which yep. is very cool. Iron Maiden have never been nominated. No. Not even nominated. I don't think they've been nominated, no. Uh, so that, that seems to be the the consensus whenever we mention the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame online. Uh, the Metal Hammer readers are keen to point out that there's still no Maiden. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's like lots of stuff like the Mercury Awards and all that. And, you know, obviously we have, we have our own awards show, The Golden Gods, and the same kind of questions always come up. Um, but when it comes to the mainstream awards, it's this weird dynamic with metal fans where it's like, we don't care about this, but we want our bands to be recognised. Yeah, it's weird. It's, I, it's weird. We, it's kind of like we want to make a point of standing outside the mainstream, but we rush towards getting a pat on the head from it at the same time. Yeah, it's big. I think we're all sort of, in a way, clamouring for that uh, heyday to come back again when metal was cool, or metal was at least you know, accepted on TV. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's, yeah, that's been and gone. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think we're all sort of, in one regard, going, oh, I like being the outside, I like being the weirdo, I don't want, I don't want the Brit Awards to have a metal category or whatever. But at the same time, when a big I thing. I dread to fucking think of the Brit Awards having a metal category, I mean, that would be oh, a shit show. Stick, <laughs> stick Venom Prison on primetime ITV. Oh, if, oh, if they did that, yeah, but I'm thinking more like it would be like Royal Blood and Food Fighters and. Oh, yeah, fuck out. Tenacious D or something. God. <laughs> um. But yeah, say I think it's that weird dynamic where we don't want to be we want to be outsiders, we want to be alternative, but at the same time, yeah, as soon as a mainstream person says, "Oh look, metal's a thing," we go, "Yes, we are. Look, look over here. Look how good metal is. Look mm-hmm. at us." I also yeah. think no one really knows. I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong here. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like it's just kind of this nebulous institution of suit people, and then there's some kind of museum that's in some state of America, and I've never really worked out exactly what it is. Can someone enlighten me? Uh, I know it's like a big famous thing that's pretty much it and I think when you get nominated I believe that you get I should have looked this up before we came in there I think that when you get nominated or when you've won you get a ballot entry to help vote I think I think it kind of feeds back into itself like that Um, but yeah it is absolutely a nebulous entry isn't it there's no I think a, a long time ago a bunch of people got together and thought we should do a rock and roll hall of fame which is quite a cool idea um but oh, I don't know. It's not all rock and roll though. Like Janet Jackson's been nominated this year. Yeah, I think Public Enemy have been nominated. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Cliff's in there. Yeah. Um, which you know, if you want to get down to it, I think it's quite cool. And in a lot of cases, when it comes to hip hop and stuff, like I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah really so I've got that problem, problem with just... that, especially when you look at where the roots of rock and roll came from and everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's cool that bands get to feel recognised um, on any level you know mm. we did like I said we do the Golden Gods every year don't we and there's a thing of you know what does this show or what mean does for instance Lars Ulrich really care if he comes down to the Golden Gods to pick up another award to add yeah. to well I guess Metallica probably would love more awards actually that was a sore <laughs> point for years wasn't it sorry but um, you know what I mean but then when you see bands like Ben in Prison and other bands that have won the new band awards or Code Orange who won the breakthrough this year or you know a band like Lacuna Coil who won best live band this year they don't get that kind of recognition very often Yeah, you can see it really does mean something to bands to get recognised especially when it's but uh, you can see with the Hammer Awards as well they're redevoted apart from a couple of categories very good point yeah. so it's like yeah. you know who's behind those awards you know who's chosen those people and why they've chosen those people but with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame you just get this sense that it's just 
a load of random suits in a room. That's what I don't really get about it. Mm. It's, it's so, so much of an institution. And again, call out my ignorance. I don't know, you know, it's just kind of this American thing that happens, which I've always been peripherally aware of being a thing. I don't really know why. I'd be fascinated to know if Maiden give a crap. Because mm. whereas Metallica have always kind of chased that, not always, but you know, for the majority of their career now seem to have wanted to kind of chase that breaking down barriers in the mainstream, getting recognised on bigger platforms, um, seeing their peer group not necessarily as members of Exodus and Testament, but as like, you know, Bono and Dave Brawl and that kind of level. I'd be interested Maiden have always fallen on the other side of that. They've always like truly deeply not given a shit. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think their music has ever lent itself to playing at Glastonbury or being at the Grammys or anything like that. So they probably don't have much of a choice in the matter. But I'd be interested to know if they did get nod, they get did get a win, if they come down to accept it, how they feel about it. Um, it's a weird one. Just send Eddie down. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Because Kiss had a right old kick up about it for years, didn't they? Until they finally got in, they were like well pissed off about it. Yeah, it's, it almost seems daft that they weren't in. Like they seem like the most obvious band for that like, thing called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who yeah. Kiss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they they have got in now, haven't they? Because they had there's that big thing about who's going to play. Or yeah, yeah. All that. Um, yeah, it's in Ohio, the museum. The capital of rock. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere probably there's a deep reason for that like, yeah. Yeah. From Ohio. So, <laughs> yeah fair enough um, I'm just trying to find out more about it now I'm curious yeah I mean it's, well you know there's a Wikipedia entry but who knows if that's a real thing I guess the other thing as well is that if you're being realistic about it you do have to space this kind of stuff out because if the first 10 years of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame existing, literally, I mean, I don't know how many go in each year, it's like six or seven or something. Yes, um, so if you have like the first 10 years being the proper, undisputed, absolute icons and like mainstays, you're going to run out of important bands quite mm. quickly. Yeah. Because especially when it comes to like how many like truly genre defining blueprint making bands came out of the 60s 70s and 80s and probably 90s compared to maybe recently uh, so I kind of get it I'd like to think that maybe they're holding back on Maiden because they know that when they announce it it's going to be like there's going to be a certain community yeah. that's going to lose its mind maybe they're waiting but I don't I doubt it <laughs> maybe they're waiting for Maiden to call it a day just so, so it's like you're finished now now you're you're worthy of going in so, so I, I don't know if that's the most of the back, plenty of the bands that go in are current though or existed oh, is it, or is this or have been going for a long time but yeah who knows I, I like to, I hope Rage do get in here's the list yeah you've got a list of are these bands that are in there are they, these are the ones that have been nominated this year so oh, okay. of these will go in Def Leppard Devo Janet Action, on Prime Craftwork that's pretty cool Hello Cool J oh yeah wow the most rock amazing MC5 Radiohead Radio Against the Machine Roxy Music Rufus featuring Chaka Khan, yes. Chaka <laughs> Stevie Nicks, I presume that means Fleetwood Mac have already got in there. Uh, I think Fleetwood Mac must already be in That makes sense. The Cure, that's cool. Uh, oh, that's awesome. That's a good That's a good shout. The Zombies and Todd Rundgren. Does the Def Leppard aren't in it already either? No. Though. Goodness Which me. Is, which is mad, because they're, they're, what, like 40 years or more into their career? Or yeah. I, I think they're bigger in the States than they are over here. Yeah, I thought so as well. Fascinating. Well, we will see. Maybe next year will be Metal's year, eh? Yeah, if not, we've got the Golden Gods, so fuck them. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who knows? We'll see. Uh, let's take some reader questions. Remember, you can always get in touch with us uh, at, well, melthammer at futurenet.com or if you want to talk to us direct and on the daily, that sounded cooler in my head than it just came out. <laughs> on the daily. Shut up, I'm tired. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Metalhammer readers where you can come and join us and talk about the magazine, talk about the podcast, talk about all things Metalhammer. So that's how wrong we were about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, I've just been reading its whole entry on Wikipedia, but... Have yeah. you learned anything? None the wiser. No, I mean, uh, it looks like the Sex Pistols called the museum a piss stain. So, <laughs> next to the Sex Pistols rock and roll, that Hall of Fame is a piss stain. Well, does that mean they didn't get in? <laughs> yeah. Apparently they got nominated in 2006. Well, yeah, at the height of Sex Pistols. Again, though, like, if the, well, we're going backwards now. Anyway, <laughs> what, have, what have our wonderful readers been asking us? Well, Merlin. Paul Waller, who uh, is the singer of the band Ohms. Fun fact. No, good band. Um, says, I, I host different times podcasts where we review old copies of magazines. Well, hold well on, mate. It's very cool. Yeah, it's just, cheap plug. He's cheap just plug. plugged his own podcast on our podcast. He's talking, he said, said Metal Hammer is a favourite of ours. Oh, I bet it is, because now he knows his, plug, his <laughs> podcast has got a free fucking plug on our podcast. Yeah, but he reviews old copies of magazines. And as a magazine, well, company, I think that's cool. Is he paying us for that spot of advertising <laughs> or what? Cough What's up, going on there? Up. I'm in. Jesus. I'm going to listen to it, so. Oh, good. Good. I've got, <laughs> one, I've got one extra listener. Well, wonderful. I hope Paul listens to this one as well and just come on to plug his podcast <laughs> but oh. he says can you remember the first time you came across Metal Hammer what was the first time you saw Metal Hammer I can't remember I basically you need to more member berries oh no so I think the first music magazine I read all the ones like Smash Hits and stuff like that when I was a kid Top of the Pops magazine the first adult magazine I actually read was Q which is a really odd choice that is a like I don't know how I found my way to, to that. I sort of just graphic. looked in the shop and went, that's a magazine. And sort of, <laughs> it had a mixture of kind of mainstream and different stuff and then started getting into metal and then obviously got into Kerrang! and Hammer. But I can't remember the first issue that I had at all. I used to have stacks and stacks and stacks of them all built up and um, probably still got some in the parents' loft. Amazing. That's one thing I didn't do because my, my first... The first issue of Metal Hammer I bought, because I did also buy, uh, you know, I did sometimes pick up the weekly as well. <laughs> the other. Um, I said its name because I used to work for it, so whatever. It's fine. Let's just keep plugging all the other brands. Fuck <laughs> 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 Why not? Uh, but yeah, no, I did, I did read that, and um, then I got the first issue of Metal Hammer I ever bought had Ozzy Osbourne on the cover, dug, done up as a vampire. Um, with a kind of church stained glass background. I think it was either in either late 2000 or possibly mid 2001 uh, because I'd kind of, I've been into metal for a few months by then and then I saw this mag- big magazine that came with a free VHS. Fucking hell. Uh, ask your dad, kids. That's a big thing to strap onto the front I know. of the magazine. What a time to be alive that was. Um, and uh, I actually mainly got it for the VHS at the time because on the VHS was a Linkin Park video and some other stuff and through that VHS I got into Cradle of Filth were on that uh, Born in a Barrel Ground was on that um, oh there's a Spine Shank video on it as well which I yes made. get in New Disease come on um, and that's how I actually got into Aussie because uh, also on that was a live video of him doing Perry Mason at OzFest 96 I think and from that I went and got into Aussie and all the rest of it 
um, and thought, oh look, I found something I want to do with my life. <laughs> I remember the first time. <laughs> Basically, I was like, wow, you can you can write about bands as a job. This is amazing. I want to do this. I remember the first one I was in. That was 2003. I think it was April or something. That's crazy. Yeah, I wrote a review of an Australian grindcore band called The Berserker, and it was a Metal Hammer music journalism competition advertised on the website, and you had to like apply, and then they pick somebody for each of the five or six dates. And then each person had to submit a review and they picked one. So I was very excited for my reviewer's picks. Um, I do remember it contained as well some kind of references to drugs. I think I thought I was being cool by saying they looked like they were on drugs or something. <laughs> and that had, to be, that had to be taken out because <laughs> overt drug references aren't cool. Well, coincidentally, my first time in Mount Hammer was also in 2003 because uh, I took part in the what was then called the Spanish Inquisition, which is when readers ask... Um, bands for questions I know readers ask bands questions and they get put to them in an interview and I got picked and I, I got to inter- I got a question asked at AFI there you go um, and they took the piss out of my name so that was their answer they called me a witch did you cry a witch? yeah <laughs> surely it's a wizard don't know it stung more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I can remember is also the one that I was inadvertently in sort of it's 2000 Six, I think um, I went to see Trivium at Rock City on the Ascendancy tour and Metal Hammer were there. I had, they were doing it, it must have been like a AAA feature or something like that. Because I remember picking up the magazine the, like a month after, I guess, and seeing this big spread of a shot of um, Rock City just from, from the stage and you can see, you can just see my face. What? On that, on that, <laughs> on that, on that, on that the fourth row. Tiny Two thousand and six. Yeah, and I have like I can see blurry. Like it's me next to my friend James at the time. You can see his hair, and you can just see me in it. I think that's amazing. Yeah, we need yeah. to find that. That issue's probably in here somewhere. We need to find probably, that. Probably, yeah. I can't. Exactly. I can't remember who's on the cover at all. That's the only thing I can remember. But yeah, I. I I'll say we should find yours as well, Albert. If it's two thousand and three, I suppose. I've got it. Oh, you've got I've it. Got it in my archive. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. It was my first published thing in a national magazine, so it was exciting. Fifteen years later, here you are. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say earlier is that I'm, I, I, a slow burn. I'm uh, not much of a hoarder, so I, I didn't really, I haven't kept like any of my old Macs, and I'm really gutted now because I know loads of people that did that, and I didn't keep any of my metal hammers or anything else I used to read. I just the ones I used well, to got read. Got new ones as I went along. I've just got a really random selection. I haven't got very many. It's just kind of like I don't really know why. I've kept some and not others, but mm. obviously now working here, I'm holding on to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, weird. Yeah, Love I've got magazines, the ones, but they just take over your house. They take up more the room than you think. Yeah, because yeah. I've got one copy of every magazine I've ever been in, or I had a byline in, and yeah, that's taken up far too much room in my house now. It does, but you should all keep still keep buying them. Also, <laughs> also monthly is a good to keep because they're nice and glossy and look nice on the yeah. shelf. Yeah, they look pretty. Yeah, so I've got all my monthlies. But yeah, I mean, I keep everything I've been... Well, not well, I've got a copy of everything I've been in, but at home I've got, you know, cover features and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they're special to my heart. This, this, oh. And this new cover looks really good. Thank you very oh much. Oh my gosh. I made it all myself. 
<laughs> it actually looks like the kind of cover I would want to put on my wall. I know, it's really that. cool. If you haven't seen it yet, it's Rob Zombie swinging an axe through the centre of the three of the free album that we've got uh, attached to the issue. It's proper badass. When you said it's earlier like it was like a baby. Grindcore? Like, Grindhouse is what I meant to say, sorry. When you said earlier it was like a baby. It's like a really ugly baby, but one that you love because it's really beautiful to you. I know. It is. It's I mean, so beautiful. No one else loves it. The, the thing is as well that's cool is that I think a lot of people who are horror fans were just talking about getting into metal and metal hammer for the first time if you're into horror or you're into any kind of alternative culture you tend to get into those things at the same time so it's a really cool thing for us to be able to bring those together in such a badass way it's an awesome issue sorry to go back to plugging it but you know Rob that is our look, job we're very Rob proud Rob Zombie does yeah. look badass he is a he badass what cool. a man very very cool and he and as as guest editor he has something to say on every feature in the issue pretty much I think which is pretty and you can see his little creature tattoo yeah. which is amazing it's awesome Charlie Fury asks with Bloodstock having announced Sabaton recently and download scenes to follow with their own bands how important do you believe it is pushing newer bands to headline status nah it is a good thing to push bands to headline status. what was that first yeah what about me <laughs> now oh now, now but I think you can't have a headline with just three new bands on it. I think everyone would love to go, oh, it's... Well, a festival? Yeah. No, of course not. Yeah, I, I think it is important to push new bands, but I think, as, you know, as everyone goes, oh, we can't just keep booking Metallica and Maiden, blah, 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 forever, you do still need one of those bands at a festival. But at the same time, I think Bloodstock, last year, last year? Last year, maybe even this year. But last year had a, Mo- a Monomath and Ghost, which were mm. both new headliners, and this year was... Gajira. Gajira, who are new headliners. Nightwish, who have technically headlined before, but are still a modern... Yeah. You know, they're not a... And I think, I think it's like we're in the perfect place to push new bands. And I think festivals do need to push new bands to headline status, and it is important, but I think we can't just suck off old bands for the sake of going, and that'll be only one new blood. No. Uh, which, I, which, I think, which I think is a, a good thing, a good thing we need new blood, but at the same time, if, for example, Bring the Horizon get announced for in Reading or Download or whatever, you're still going to get a fucking legacy band alongside them just because that's how it works. I think as well because the the market was very stacked when um, Sonosphere was still a thing mm. and also when Hyde Park started booking metal bands as well. So I think people feel like festivals have booked headliners more often than they actually have. Metallica haven't headlined downloads since 2012. Yes, madam. And assuming they're not, in fact, I'm pretty sure they're not headlining next year because those other dates are UK exclusive. Yeah, yeah. That means they won't have headlined for seven years next year. So if they do come back the year after that, it will have been eight years since they played Download. And they've only played Download, headline Download three times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, we have the exact same problem as as uh, you know, Metal Media. We know that if we put Iron Maiden on the cover of Metal Hammer, it will sell more than, it will sell substantially more than if we put Code Orange or whoever on the yeah. front. You know, Sabaton, for instance, um, which we have done. We've done both those bands as covers. So it's a, it's a balancing act. We're always going to want to promote young artists and you can't rely on the same old bands all the time because they won't be here one day and they won't have new stories to tell and then you're going to be in real trouble. Um, but at the same time, if if a festival decides to download or a magazine like us just went right we're going to do nothing but new bands for this year or this period you'd be in real trouble very very quickly because just the nature of the market and who's yeah. buying magazines and who's invested in what and all the rest of it uh, so it's a balancing act you know you can't just suddenly Sabaton doing Bloodstock's brilliant um, and like you said I think Bloodstock's in an amazing place to 
have new or modern bands headline. But just because Sabaton could headline to ten to twelve thousand people, that doesn't mean you could suddenly put them on in front of ninety in yeah. England. It doesn't work. So it's it's a challenge, and I think it's a challenge that you know Andy Coppin at Download and all of his team are, are trying to navigate. And it's a it's a it's a problem that's facing everybody um, in the metal industry really, and it's one we're all trying to trying to work out, and we'll continue to work out. I think the nature of I, I don't know if Sean was where Dirty Scum who get in for free, but I think the nature of going to festivals for myself personally like who I go watch isn't tied to headliners anymore like download this year I only watched one uh, main stage headline set really that was that was Guns N' Roses like, I watched two songs of a bench then we all went to go watch Tesseract on like the smallest stage mm-hmm. and I spent most of my time either in the second stage or the third stage because that's just where my tastes lied and I don't I, obviously Guns N' Roses was Guns N' Roses and everyone in the world went to go see them but I think if your only book, if you're only going to festivals based on who three bands are, then you're doing it wrong mm. to an extent. But I get why you want a new band to do it. But there's loads, there's loads and loads of new bands for you to check out there to make it worth your money. I agree with you, basically, with the whole bill situation. Sometimes I'm not too fussed on the headliners. And it depends as well. Obviously, you kind of get similar bands again and again and again. And so you kind of feel, well, I know they'll do a good show, but I've seen it lots of times. So I'm not super excited, even though that makes me sound like a spoiled brat. (laughs) But there's loads of bands on the other stages sometimes where you're just like, oh, this is my favourite band right now. Or they're going to do a certain album that I love. Or they're going to play their biggest show yet because they've been pushed up to headlining one of the smaller stages. And that's really exciting. So it's, it's cool to see that stuff as well. Definitely. Because a lot of the bigger bands, when they do the headline of big festivals over here, they're probably headlining 10 other festivals in Europe or whatever that year. And not that they don't enjoy it, obviously you wouldn't do it if they don't enjoy it. But sometimes you can see when like, when we saw Tesseract headline that small, on the fourth stage, yeah. you could see how much they wanted it. And exactly. it meant so much to them to be there have, and pack out that tent. And they were in really good form as well. So just oh, yeah, to see them brilliant. do that show and put everything into it was awesome. Yeah, totally agree. And obviously, you know, we kind of talk about the fact we, we get to go to a lot of gigs and stuff. Um, and I think if you if you pay, you know, the better part of 200 quid for a download ticket now, for instance, you know, what are you paying for? Are you paying for the weekend? Is it kind of like a holiday? Like you're getting away and hanging out with your mates and just getting pissed off and a feel for the great bands? Or are you paying for the lineup? In which case you could say, are people going to be willing to pay 200 quid to watch Avenged and Bring Me the Horizon as opposed to Ramstein and Metallica, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors, but I think, I think, I honestly do think that all the, the big and small festivals do a hell of a job in the UK at the moment, putting together bills that reflect where metal is at right now. And the bottom line is just, we are spoiled for choice now. We are spoiled for choice. When I was 13, you had Reading. And that was it. Yeah. That was literally all you had. But uh, yeah, like there was Reading and um, they had like, even by that time, they had like maybe one slightly metal day and a couple of other bands spread out. Now, you can see whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It's the same for me, but it was Leeds because I'm Northern. <laughs> yeah. I forgot, forgot, uh, forgot stuff existed outside the M25. Luke was also a, a Leeds uh, uh, attendee. I was indeed. So, so, Reading and Leeds, I should have said. Yeah, yeah, so Ooh. Leeds for me, and then obviously Download, when that came along, I went to the first one, that was really cool. 
and then I tried Glastonbury, which I know you're a massive fan of. Yeah, I love Glastonbury. And I'm glad I went for the experience, but the whole time I was like, I really want to see some metal bands. <laughs> and there weren't any, so... I'm glad I went one time, but I would say it's not really for me. I tried to get tickets this year and did not succeed. They all sold out too quickly. Same as, same as. Boo! And, but again, I was booking the, I was booking those tickets without a single band being announced just because I wanted to go to Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's always worth going for the experience. Um, but I sort of feel like I've done it. Yeah, exactly. And I'd rather go to festivals with loads of bands that I love. Yeah. So... I bloody love Download and I bloody love Glastonbury, so I'll take it all. <laughs> Give me music. Uh, Tam Vichaduri asks, which album do you love that fans of the bands hate? Mine's Paradise Lost with their audio landscaping epic host. Yes, Tamba, this is so cool. I'm such a goth that I actually, this is a true story. Last Saturday, <laughs> last Saturday I was lying in bed and my room was really dark because for some reason, even though it's really sunny today, it was really overcast on Saturday morning. And instead of getting up and doing things, I lay in bed and I listened to Host in the dark. <laughs> in the dark. Amazing. In my room on a Saturday morning. I did not want to get up. And I had a lovely time and I thought, this is what autumn is all about. Brilliant. God. You're so a cliche of yourself. You're copying <laughs> What of it, Molly? Over there with what t shirt are you wearing? Uh, just sad. Yeah, overwear with a Jassad t-shirt, like a big world music hipster. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it at Bloodstock. Got that on H&M, didn't you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really have anything here. It's a really cool t-shirt, a really cool band. But yeah, if I'm a cliche myself, that is fine. But it is a great album. It's a great album. Sort of synth poppy and dark and autumnal and lovely. And I would like to listen to it again this afternoon. I've right, never listened to that album. And I'm Me neither. Now. But all their, all their fans hate it, so... But it's well, good. two of their fans like it, clearly. Yeah, exactly, that's not it, all. It, it's just they've got the dark vibes, the autumnal thing going on. Get that on. Get October Rust on. Be autumnal. That's my <laughs> <laughs> That's on a T-shirt. Be autumnal. <laughs> that needs to be one of those Nike, those, like, Nike slogan T-shirts. If someone wants to make that for be me, autumnal. I will wear it. So. Do it. Any uh, graphic designers with access to T-shirts... <laughs> make, make us stuff yeah don't um, want days. be your tumble we'll take photos um, I don't know uh, t- stuff that I'm just trying to think of my favourite bands and albums that people hate one, one that I you really you love Load and all that nonsense though oh come banned. on you don't like Load I like it but I mean like you properly love that album and well no hold on no I'm not like a Load stan like some people are right I think Loads really good, and I, I actually think Reload. Uh, people always talk about Load. I actually think Reload is very nearly as good as well. I think okay. Re- Reload is a wicked album. Um, I wouldn't. I think people. Basically, I think people that go absolutely nuts saying it's the worst thing Metallica ever did and it's a terrible album and all this are talking shit. I also people think. I also think that people that go all out and say it's one of the best things I've ever done. I think that's too far the other way as well. I just think they're both really good albums. Yeah. Um, I love Dance of Death by Iron Maiden that seems to be just totally forgotten in their canon now uh, I don't quite I think I kind of think because the artwork sucked everyone just is like oh yeah it's a shit album but I actually think that's got a ton of amazing songs on it um, and Passchendaele's maybe the best song I've ever written so I really like that um, I just don't think of like ones people like hate so in terms of say hate I can't think but the system- I like Virtual Eleven by Maiden as well and that a lot of people don't have time for that album 
The System Has Failed, the Megadeth album. I fucking love that record. And like, they never play anything live. They don't do that. I was just thinking that. And that no one ever talks about it. It's definitely overlooked. I don't yeah. know if it gets a kick in. I, know, I just never, never, I never see any, anyone talk about it. They never play it live. I think I asked Dave saying why he wanted it. And it was, I can't remember what his excuse was. Uh, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, we've played different eras at different times, blah, blah, you know, something like that. But it's just, mm. I, I really like that record. And yeah, no one seems to care. But, yeah. but in terms of like hating, yeah, I'd say I can't think of anything. Like my favourite Tool album is 10,000 Days, which everyone tells me oh, is wow. the wrong one to have as my favourite yeah, Tool that's album. Because uh, it's the first one I heard, and therefore it's sure. the one I latch on to sure. uh, most. But yeah, other than that, I can't think of anything that people outright hate that I am just like, no, no, this honestly is the greatest thing this band have ever done. I actually like the um, Morbid Angel album that sent their fan base do Lally a few years ago uh, in a Divinus thingy thingy. Right, <laughs> 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 what it's one. called? Uh, the one where they went all like dancey industrial. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually quite like that. I thought it was quite good. And I still think Ultimate the Madness is one of the greatest albums ever made. In a Divinus thingy thingy. Yeah, that one. Another t-shirt for you. Yeah, so. cheers. <laughs> I'm still thinking about goth rock, so I wasn't actually listening to all of your choices. Thanks. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> good to have you here. I was just thinking about how much I like goth rock and how good it is. Um, well, you're you're an absolute uh, goth fangirl for Marilyn Manson's entire discography. How is that connected? Well, if you like his bad oh, Because right. we're talking about stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. people don't like that no, you do like, point, and yeah. we're talking about God, so that was like a Yeah, no, segue. I do, I do. I even like Eat Me, Drink Me. Ugh. I think... Oh, mate. Whatever. There you go. I think... That's, that's, the, that's yeah. the one. Well, I think also, like, I guess the other one is I really, 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 really love Deftones self-titled, and some oh, people are not very right. bothered about that. But yeah, that's another one that people don't really I just talk love about it much. so much. It's I didn't so know people did like it. Yeah, well, people are always a bit like, meh. I mean, not as... People don't dislike it as much as Saturday Night Wrist, which I would say is probably their worst album. Yeah, I can't get on <laughs> But, yeah. I think it's just those overlooked like. ones, isn't it? Like, I like it, I do. I, uh, I, it's, it's, it's little things like people kind of pretty much didn't think much of the last Killswitch album, and I thought that was mm. a great album. Um, loads of, I, I've, I'm a massive In Flames fanboy as well, and uh, even though I don't like the last uh, couple, um, the kind of mid to end of noise era, sounds of playground fading and the rest of that, I, I thought was great. And that a lot of people seem to disagree with me because they're idiots. Oh well. <laughs> Let's do one more question. <laughs> Matt uh, Heeks asks, what would be your ultimate worst gig lineup? Oh God. Right, I basically had a quick think of the four worst bands I've ever seen live. Okay. And so, in reverse order, opening the show, is uh, Hello Goodbye, who... Don't even remember them. Um, they were fucking atrocious. They had one song that um, I like, where you are, where we drive, in my car, or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that is terrible. When they got, uh, they were big like when Gym Class Heroes and that bollocks got big. Um, sure. But I saw them open the main stage at Leeds one year, atrocious. Following them uh, on this bill of doom is the Kooks, who are... Oh, they're on mine, they're headlining mine. Yeah. The worst band that ever existed. Yeah. The worst band from the worst era of music ever, that fucking early to mid noughties indie boom with all these twats that suddenly started pretending like, oh yeah, we like rock music now because we've got long hair and got a leather jacket. Oh, bedwetters, a lot of them. <laughs> like honestly, the kooks, mine, my, mine, I'll just do mine quickly because mine's all under the same theme. Mine's the kooks, Franz Ferdinand, Razorlight, 
and I've just written Michael McIntyre doing a comedy set. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of everything was but Michael yeah, McIntyre. All those bands, sorry, that's mine. Anything from that dog shit era. I had to see so fucking many of them. So I was going out with the girl at the time, we loved all that shit. I saw Sky for Girls, I saw The Hoosiers, oh. I saw The Script. Yeah. Oh, The Script. Yeah, all Grim. absolute fucking dog shit. But, so the coach who I saw at Leeds, again, awful. Subheadlining are the killers who are one of the worst bands of all time. I Ooh. fucking, fucking hate that. Band. I don't, out of that era, the killers are the ones that I like a couple of songs on. No, I can't stand it. And anyone who just, just thinks Mr. Brightside's a good song can fuck off. It's, <laughs> it's all, all nonsense and shit. Uh, but headlining it is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, come on Mate. now. No, no, no. I, don't, I like them up until, and including, by the way, but I've saw them, I've only seen them once, and it's generally the worst thing I've ever seen. When was that? They headlined Leeds in 2007. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they have been pretty shit. They did not want to be there. Their sound was awful. The set was I wasn't shit. at that, but I think I remember the gig you're talking about. When Kidis had the big tash and he was wearing a tie, yeah, that Daddy California. Yeah, yeah, it was gen. I was so so upset because I was like the last band of the day, our last band of the weekend. Arcade Fire just been on and were brilliant, and everyone's like, "Okay, Chili Peppers, wicked." It doesn't matter they've got any album. They play some old stuff. I know it was just loads of crap from Stadium Arcadium, and none of them wanted to be there, and you couldn't hear it. Rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. Wouldn't, rubbish. Wouldn't, rubbish. Go, wouldn't go to that. I think I'm just gonna side with you on all those indie bands. But just, I was kind of working backwards from the songs that I hate the most in life. So I'm just going to go backwards from the songs and pick the bands. So I really hate Crocodile Shoes by Jimmy Nail. <laughs> Jimmy Nail! <laughs> so what else would you play? I don't know. He's an actor. I don't know. I just hate that song. <laughs> I really I really hate Karma Chameleon by Boy George. Oh, what? No, you it. can't put Culture Club on the I fucking bill with Jimmy Nail. I hate Chameleon. How so, can you hate that hate song? It. I hate it. Do you, um, hate, do you really want to hurt me? Do you really no, want to hurt me? No, I know how it goes. I don't hate that song. I just really hate Carver Chameleon. Oh my God, sacrilegious. Oh, and I really hate I Could Do by Black Lace. <laughs> yeah, this gig's amazing. <laughs> it's like some <laughs> nightmare butlings weekend. <laughs> Jimmy Nail, I Could Do, and Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So they hold on, like... hold on. You haven't picked, you haven't picked a gig lineup. You picked an episode of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking my worst music. Oh, and then I'm trying to think of a fourth thing that I really, really hate. Celebrity Big Brother. I really, I mean, it's exposing weakness here because I really hate those three songs. And once you reveal that to people, like, I have certain friends who will always, if they're out and come, a communion comes on, they'll like record it and send it to me and stuff. And Amazing. I just hate it. Uh, Brad Candy. So, <laughs> shout out Brad Candy. Shout out Brad Candy, my friend who does that. Brad Candy. Um, <laughs> he's a real person. Goodness me. Who's my fourth one? Who else do I hate? We don't have to do a fourth. I can't think. I just picked Michael McIntyre on mine because I think he's a pumps. I mean, I'd hate to see any of those songs that I mentioned. There's got to be more. That I just I'm sure you hate more than three songs. But they're the, like the worst three that come to mind. I would. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go to any of those gigs to be honest uh, that's it for this week the, the new horrortastic issue of Metal Hammer is out now it's a Rob Zombie takeover it's badass as hell and uh, we've got a couple of those within Temptation bundles on sale as well so if you want to pick up uh, our world exclusive interview with Sharon Dan Ardell along with some uh, special signed lyric sheets signed by Sharon Get on to metalhammer.com now to find out how to get hold of them. Luke and Elle are going to the Black Queen. Luke is also going to see Enslaved and High on Fire. So loads of gig reviews coming at you Riffs. next week. 
We are also now on Spotify, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, so if you fancy listening to us in a slightly different way, you now can. Uh, if you've got friends that don't do the iTunes or Acast thing, um, tell them to get the hell on Spotify and download us so we can spread the word far and wide. We also have a special Mount Hammer Meets Nagal interview coming on Friday. Uh, that's just another special podcast we'll have alongside uh, this week. So that's coming out this week, is it, Luke? Uh, yes, it's blasphemous and controversial. Hooray! So, uh, <laughs> amazing new behemoth album is, of course, out now. Um, and you can hear more about it via Nurgle in a podcast that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify and Acast. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes in particular because it helps us go up the rankings. Cheers very much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Happy Halloween season. Yay. <laughs> Be autumnal. Spooky.